said before, my name is Emily Uresti. And for those of you that don't know me, I started coming to Grace the summer between fourth and fifth grade. So I've been here for quite a while. Um, and when Devin asked me if I wanted to share um, encouragement or advice with my seniors over here, I was super excited because these guys are, have been some of the most important people in my life um, for the past four years and before that too, mainly the past four years. Um, and I love them a lot and they're some of my best friends. So I'm really excited. Um, I want to start out with a verse, and it's one of my favorites. It's actually a few verses. Um, James 1, 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work in you so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. And so when I think about the past four years of impact, the first thing that immediately pops into my head is all these wonderful, awesome, great times we had together, because we've had a lot of them, from going to Trinidad and Ohio, for those of us that were able to go on those trips, and Bible studies, and bonfires, and just laughing together, and getting to grow up together, and grow in God together, and that's been really cool. But when I continue to think about the journey that we've been on the past four years, I realize yeah, we've had some really, really good times, but we've also had a lot of bad times. And there's been, we've all endured struggles, we've all had times of hardship, and we've all had to figure out our faith as individuals, and it hasn't been easy. And so when I think about the next four years and college, um, whether you are staying here or going away, there's going to be a ton of new experiences, and it's going to be a huge adventure that we get to go on. And that's really exciting. But I think that I get so excited about college that I forget that, like, yeah, college is going to be awesome, but it's still real life. And there's still going to be a lot of struggles. And we're still going to face things that we don't want to have to go through. Um, this verse doesn't say consider it pure joy if you face trials of many kinds. It says consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. And that means that not only are there going to be trials, but there are going to be a lot of trials. And they're going to happen a lot. And so that is going to be part of our lives. And I think I've been forgetting that lately. Um, but this verse also gives so much hope because it doesn't, doesn't just say we're going to have trials. Good luck. See ya. Have fun. Like you're on your own. It says consider it pure joy. And we don't have to stand there and let these things that we're going to go through just knock us down and knock us out and plow us over because we have Jesus. And so what I really want to encourage you guys is in whatever the next four years and the rest of our lives bring um, in this new chapter, that Jesus is our joy and he is our hope and he is who sustains us and carries us through. And so we don't have to be knocked out by whatever we go through, but we can turn to him for everything that we need. Um, and in doing this, we develop perseverance and that makes us more confident and mature members of the body of Christ who are able to grow and then spread the joy that Jesus gives to us with everyone else. So we don't have to, instead of just letting these struggles just consume us, we can say, yeah, I might not be happy right now and this kind of stinks, but I can be joyful even when I'm not happy because I have Jesus to carry me through. So that's really what I wanted to leave with you guys. And I love you and I'm so excited to see what the rest of our lives bring for us. And so now I'm going to bring up my friend who will introduce himself. <laughs>
for those of you who may not know me, my name is Keegan Brown. I've been attending Grace for quite some time. I've lost count, to be honest with you. But four of those years have been spent in impact. And uh, like Emily, I was asked to talk a little bit about impact. And I just have uh, two major things I want to talk about that I think will give a good idea for those of you what impact is all about and really what it meant to me. And um, so I really want to address the whole creation, especially uh, my fellow impact uh, students and classmates and even future uh, impact students. Uh, my first point is I learned that impact wasn't a place where you go and you fake a smile and you walk through those doors and you put something on that doesn't reflect how you're feeling inside. Uh, I know I think Paul said it best my freshman year. He said impact isn't for those who have their life together because one way or another we all have something that we're struggling with and I think we need to realize that. And he said impact is really somewhere we go to struggle with each other. It's somewhere we can go and we can learn that we're not alone in what we're doing, what our situation is, whatever it may be. And he said that it stuck with me uh, all four years. And it really encouraged me to uh, just even like share that, how important that is to realize that. And uh, I know we like struggle is going to happen. Yeah, I want to share a verse with you. It's Romans uh, 8.18. And it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be um, that I read, it helped me out, and so I know, like, impact is a place to struggle, but it's not just a place to struggle, but it's also to struggle with each other, and through that, find joy, and, uh, I mean, that, if that verse doesn't have hope in it, I don't really know what does, so, uh, my other point is, be a leader, um, I don't regret many things in impact, one thing I do regret is uh, when I was young, I was discouraged to be a leader because I was young. I felt young. And uh, uh, this church does a great job at making the youth uh, not feel insignificant. Like uh, sometimes I think that we can feel like when we're young. And uh, so I just stress that um, underclassmen, juniors, uh, next year seniors, uh, people that are going to be an impact, start out being a leader. And I find that particular means to me. It's not just someone who, uh, thousands of, like, of people, and speaks great to inspire other people. It's really just someone who does service humbly. Um, some of the best like leaders I know are so soft-spoken, but their actions mean so much. And uh, they kind of show their faith instead of telling you faith. Uh, telling you their faith. There we go. Uh, and so I just encourage you guys to be leaders. No matter how young you are, especially you guys going on, some of you guys going to college, you guys are going to young ones on campus, and I just ask you to do what Impact's been teaching you these four years. It's just pursue people in a godly way. And um, lastly, I just want to end by thanking uh, anyone who has personally impacted me, no pun intended there, uh, positively, or and that's most of you in here, if not all of you. Um, children's ministry was great to me, prepped me for everything to become the person I am today. All the leaders in uh, children's ministry, all the leaders in impact, um, they just give great examples, like I said, up on the stage, uh, for people that we can aspire to be like. And um, they don't just preach what they believe, but they live what they believe. And uh, that's one thing I'm going to take from all my four years of impact. And that's one thing I hope not just students, current students, future students, but everybody will take. It's just those two points with them. Um, so, yeah, that's all I have to say. Thank you.
our scripture reading today will be from Matthew 16, verse 24 through 28. And if you're reading from a Bible that's next to you on the chair, it's found on page 822. Again, that's Matthew 16, 24 through 28. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. When good will, all right, what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? For what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. I tell you the truth. Some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Will you guys pray with me? Father, I just want to thank you for this day that we can just um, celebrate, that we're getting past these past four years of tough high school, Lord. Um, I particularly just want to thank everybody that's in this congregation that's had um, an impact on our life. Lord, it means so much. And I pray as we uh, go into the next um, four years of college, Lord, that we can just take up that cross, Lord, and put it on our back, and we can just put our selfish desires aside, Lord, and um, seek your desires, Lord. And I just pray for that, for everybody in this congregation, Lord, that we can just all seek your desires together, Lord. Um, I pray as Devin comes up and gives his message, Lord, I pray you'll just be with him, and you'll be with all of us, Lord, and you'll just open up our hearts to receive his message. In your name. Well, my message this morning is extremely short, so you can applaud for that if you want to. But <laughs> because it's extremely short, I want you guys to listen really closely and take uh, with you what I say. Yeah, that's the hard part. So um, when I was a junior in high school, uh, there was something called AOL Instant Messenger. I don't know if uh, you guys use that anymore, but I was talking to a friend on... on uh, AOL, and uh, she was saying that she had, um, I knew that she had decided what her college plans were going to be. She said that I'm going to go away, and I'm going to go to engineering school, and I'm going to become an engineer, and I knew she was going to make a lot of money, and she knew she was going to make a lot of money, and she, uh, she actually came from a wealthy family, so, and she was really, really smart, and so I just knew that this was going to happen, but as I was talking to her about um, what my plans were going to be, which I didn't no, I was going to go to Moody. I was going to go somewhere else at that time. She uh, had already known that she was going to go to Michigan Tech. And, uh, and I was talking to her about it, and she, she, she was starting to, like, doubt it. She was starting to question whether or not she was going to go there. And I was wondering why. I asked her, why, why, would, you, why would you doubt that? It's what you've wanted to do for most of your life. And she said, well I, well, I really wanted to do this, but as I grow in my faith, I'm wondering, am I doing this for me or am I doing this for God? And she said, I don't think that I can go to engineering school and make a bunch of money and still love my God the way he wants me to and serve him the way he wants me to. And so I said, do you think that all engineers and people who make a lot of money can't serve God? And she, of course, said no. But she said, for me, I don't think that this is about God. This decision I'm making, what I'm pursuing in my life isn't about God. And she actually ended up going to engineering school, and she is an engineer for a Christian company, and she's doing an awesome job loving, um, loving her God and serving her God. But... She had to really struggle with that. And that really, that conversation really struck me. Uh, she said that it isn't about me. What my life, what I'm pursuing in my life is not about me. It's not about making money, about getting a job. It's about serving my God and loving people. And I thought that was really profound. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And before we do that, I was going to pray one more time. So let's pray. 
Father God, thank you so much for this class that is graduating. Um, they are just awesome, and I've loved them so much, and I've been so pursued by them, and I'm thankful for them. And it's really hard to see them go, um, but we get to send them off. And some of them get to stay here with us, which is really exciting. Um, but I just pray that you would be with them and that you would grow them and continue to challenge them and that we'd live their life for you. Uh, but God, as we uh, read from your word and we, we uh, listen to it, I pray that you would just stand by me, that you'd speak through me, and that you'd open our hearts to hear what you have to tell us this morning, and that we would leave here just moved in some way, and that we would change for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, a great man once said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. College is about being an individual. It's about your parents driving you to your college or your family driving you to school and saying, see you later, and, and dropping you off and saying, your life is in your hands. Your dirty laundry is in your hands. <laughs> Go be independent. And, and the world says, it's your time. Go pursue your dreams. Go be a good student. Go get a job. Go make money. Go live in this world and grasp everything you can and live your dream. These are not exactly the words that I want to send you guys off with. But my words are going to be a little bit harder because my words for you are going to be a daily challenge to make it not be about you. My words for you are this. Go lose your life. Now, most of the graduation speeches you're going to hear are going to make it all about you. And don't get me wrong, this is about you too. But as you go, it's something, there's something much bigger than you that it's about. It's about your God. And that begs the question, who is your God? Is, is your God just some segment of your life that you think about on Sundays? Or is it someone when you're feeling down, you think about God and it makes you feel good inside? Or is it just some segment part of your life? Or is your God your life? If you're a Christian or if, if you say that you follow Jesus, uh, listen to what he says here in this passage this morning. If you don't have it open, go ahead and open it back up. Verse seven, uh, in chapter 16, verse 24, Jesus told his disciples this, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What? What is that? That doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, when you read that, you're like, isn't this God's, isn't this Jesus speaking? This is the one I'm putting my hope in. And he's saying that I have to die. I have to deny myself. It doesn't make sense. And actually, if you look before this passage, which we're going to go back, Peter didn't think it made sense either. So if you jump back with me to verse 21, I'm going to read from there. 16 verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of men. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to suffer, and I'm actually going to have to die. And, and he's saying this to his disciples, and Peter pulls him aside, and, and he says, no, Jesus, that's not going to happen. I mean, how can that happen? I put my trust in you. I, I'm putting my hope in you. You're my God. You're, you're the Messiah. You're the Son of Man. 
And, and Jesus rebukes Peter and says to him, no, 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 you've got it all wrong. Your mindset on things is not on God. Your mindset is on what's going on in this world. And so Jesus says, let me fix your mindset. Let me change your entire perspective on this life. And he pulls Peter back to the crowd and he says to all of them, he says, you have to deny yourself. You guys have to go to the point of death. It's going to be hard. You're going to suffer just like me. If you want to follow me, you have to suffer like me. It's cross before crown, suffering before glory, service before reign. The self-denial that, that Jesus is calling from his followers is no less than death to self. And, and Paul says it again. He says it in Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ in me. You gotta, you gotta die. You try and save it. You try and hold on to the things of this world. Grasp them like the world's telling you to do. You will lose them. You try and hold on to relationship or friendships. You will lose them. A boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse. You, one day you will lose them. You try and hold on to your job. You will lose that too. Hold on to money and security. You're going to lose that. And it's not a matter of if you're going to lose those things. It's a matter of when you will lose those things. Because one day we're all going to have to die. And if the man only has gained the things of this world, they're going to have nothing left. And, he, and so Jesus says this. He says, do you want life? He says, die. You want happiness? Take up your cross. You want purpose and fulfillment? Then don't get distracted with the stuff you can see. Let go of your grip on this world because one day you'll pass away and if the only thing you're holding on to is this world, what will it have been for? If, if there were all things of this world, then, then you'll have to leave it here. But if you're holding on to Jesus, if you're grasping onto Jesus in this world, then you'll have gained everything when you die. And so seniors, I have watched you guys fall in love with Jesus. I've watched you guys give your life to him and you've, you've served him. Like, who's not, he's not here yet, but this, this kid named Ross Hyman, he's a senior. I watched him week after week put money in this jar for this girl named Judeline in, in Haiti and he gave his money, to, his own money to her. I watched him do that and not say anything. I was just watching him do that every week. He wasn't doing it to, to show people. He just did it because he wanted to love Jesus and serve him. And I watched Evan Fitzpatrick in Trinidad hold this little boy in his arms named Amir and he, uh, that kid gave his life to Christ. And um, I watched Evan just show who Jesus was to him. Dang it, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and uh, this kid named Kyle Maven, he um, started coming last year. And I uh, was walking out of the church one night and uh, closing up the church. And um, I saw him scraping off a foot of snow off my window. And uh, without, you know, he was trying to get away before I saw him do it. And uh, I watched Keegan stand in front of 60 prisoners in Trinidad and give his testimony and uh, tell them about Jesus. And I've watched you guys. I just love so well. And it's hard to send you off, but I know that you guys have Jesus in your heart. And um, I just want to challenge you to give your life to him, to continue to die for him every day. And life after high school is full of opportunities to lose yourself to the world. And we're not legalists here. We're not going to write out a list for you of what not to do in college when you leave. Um, but it's really true that it's going to be really easy to tear you away from God. It's going to be hard, like Emily and Keegan were saying. But it will be something that you should daily struggle. You should daily struggle with. And Jesus is saying, if you follow me, 
This world will not be the pursuit of your heart. I will be the pursuit of your heart, and I will not fail you. So I love, I love you guys so much, and I feel honored to have lived life with each of you, and I have not only um, gotten encouragement and pursuit from you, um, but I've just enjoyed doing that with each other. And so as we send you off, we send you off not with empty words, but a serious challenge. Go lose your life for Jesus. So uh, before we close the service really early, uh, can I have all the seniors come back up and just kind of make a cluster group up here? And um, I'm actually going to invite the congregation to pray for them. We're just going to spend a few minutes. If you want to pray, you can just um, pray, and I'll close after about 20 seconds of awkward silence. So... uh, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, cluster up, just love on each other. All right. Um, let's, let's pray. And if you want to pray, you can just, uh, pray aloud. God, we, uh, thank you for all of them and what they've given to our church and, um, what they've done here. And we pray that as they go off, they would just continue to serve you and love you. And, uh, we pray that they would know that they have a home here and that there's people here that love them and, um, if they ever need to come home, that uh, we'd welcome them with open arms. So we send them off uh, in your hands, and we thank you for um, the time we've shared with them. In Jesus' name, amen. What an encouraging service. I can always tell by the sniffles that that's true. Um, well, I was, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. You know, I wrote it down. I'm going to put it, I'm going to take a look at it. I know what I was going to say. But I wasn't going to start there, so that's, that's how that happened. Um, <laughs> I'm really sorry about this. I was going to say um, that, uh, first of all, that that was a great message. And it was short, but I feel like it just captured everything that it should have captured. And I wanted to thank you for that, Devon. I also wanted to say to Keegan that that uh, was such a wonderful uh, job of describing what a leader is, that a leader is meant to be a servant. And I appreciate you getting up so much to say that. Uh, Emily, that was probably the best teaching on James chapter 1 that I've ever heard. (laughs) I taught on James chapter 1 about two summers ago, and I think yours was much better than (laughs) mine was. But that is really true. That is how we find joy in in every circumstance. You know, after graduation Sunday, every single year, I've always had someone who has come up to me and said uh, in different words the same thing that Jay Gordonier prayed earlier. They always say, man, I wish that I had had that kind of opportunity when I was young. And I wish that the story for their life of being involved in a church and finding Christ at a young age was the story of my life, too. And what's very interesting about that is that, statistically speaking, most people in the United States trust in the free gift of grace through Christ's death on the cross sometime between the ages of 4 and 14 years old. In fact, it's, it's an amazing statistic. It's 83% of people who trust Christ do so between ages 4 and 14. Between ages 15 to 30, 10%. That's the time of life that 10% of the people trust Christ. And that is one of the reasons why we invest so much at this church into young people. Uh, Much of our budgeted uh, money goes towards young people 
Uh, much of the events and life of the church goes towards young people. We try to get our most passionate, uh, most caring, most gifted people involved with our young people because it's such an important time of life. And when people get a little bit older and, and make it through those years, they tend to become a little bit more set in their ways. And, and the older we are, we just tend to, to do the thing that we've always done and be a little bit uh, harder-hearted when it comes towards, towards spiritual things. But, you know, if you're sitting in this room and you did not have this story that many of the students who are up here this morning have, uh, maybe you trusted Christ later on in life. There's really another way to look at that, and that is to think that against the odds, God saved you. You can really rejoice on the other end too, can't you? That God made you, something happen in your heart that helped you to realize that you needed him and that he had done through sending a son exactly what it was that you needed. And whether your story started out like many of these guys' stories did or whether your story is just something that's being started to be written now, uh, even though we all uh, start with different stories, we will all end with the same story. That one day God will make all things new and right again, and that is the most wonderful, marvelous truth in all of the world. And so we really thank you guys for reminding us of that this morning and we uh, just, again, say congratulations. And if you ever need anything, this goes for all of your life, as long as this church is standing or the people in this church, even if the church isn't, if we're living, um, you, you always have a, a, a place with us and you always have a, a home here at Grace. Um, after the second service, if you'd like to stick around, we're going to have a reception in the honor of the graduates and their leaders. And that will happen downstairs in our fellowship hall. There's cake and ice cream and punch, and you can just hang out, have some fun, and congratulate them. And so thank you for being here this morning. Go in grace, and we'll see you next week.